Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters like you how to have more turkeys on your property and more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this through tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. And this week, we're going to finish up our interview with Harry Whitehead with Gunner's Taxidermy in Lexington, Kentucky. And this week, Harry is going to tell us how to properly prepare a turkey's fan tail mount. Harry's also going to tell us how to best ship a turkey to a taxidermist or to ship one home if we're hunting away from home. And Harry's going to share with us his last turkey kill and the tip that really helped him be able to take that turkey. So we're going to jump right in with Harry. You're listening to part three of episode five, an interview with Harry Whitehead. Well, for the, for the hunter who may not have the money to get a turkey full body mounted but wants to preserve that trophy, in your opinion, what, what do you think is the best way to do that? You know, is that a, like a, a cape mount, I guess? Or Yeah, um, you know, I've got a couple of cape mounts in here that the guys, you know, he didn't really have room or whatever for a full body full body mount so we we do cape mounts and then we do just fan spur and beard mounts um we do some half mounts i i hate dealing with the wings on a half mount it's just they're curved they're difficult to lay flat and just a lot of work Mm. uh so and to me they just don't to me that i don't like them that's just my choice but uh you know the cape mounts are real nice we can do a hardwood backing on them Jerry, walnut, or oak, or whatever, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they they turn out really nice. So you, there are there are other options other than doing a full mount uh, that you can display your uh, you know your trophy. Uh, I think that you know just personally, and you know I've uh, having I don't know what I have now three or four slams, um, and I've got a bird of each species mounted except for. An eastern because I'm waiting on that monster eastern that, you know, I shoot one and he's just not quite good enough. I want him to be a little bit bigger, but uh, you know, I, I think just seeing people when they seeing the reaction when they first see a full body mounted turkey, they do not truly appreciate how beautiful those birds are. So many of them have not seen a live wild turkey. You know, they or they've seen a hen and just see how ugly they are, and um, but oh, you know they don't just, see they're the gorgeous man. All the metallic colors in them, and each subspecies is in its own right. I mean, you know, you got the Osceola that's a smaller bird with bigger spurs, but it's got real dark wings, and and then you go from that to the Miriams, which is a is not a heavy bird, but it's longer, it's bigger, and it's more right. dark with the white tips and. And of course, the Easterns can be a, a variety of different colors. They're beautiful. I mean, they can be bronze to green to back on there, everything in the world. And then the Rio, you know, they're a bronze devil that 
with the yellow tips. And I mean, each one of them has got their own char- characteristics that makes them beautiful in their own uh, own way. If you're listening and you can scrimp and save the money to get one full body mounted, I, I really don't think you'd be disappointed in what you get, um, just as, as far as what the trophy actually looks like. But for somebody like me that's got several birds mounted, if I just wanted to preserve a, a tail fan for a fan mount, like on the three or four Merriams that I killed on the last trip I went on, mm-hmm. um, what what's the best way to do that? You know, I, I've always used borax to kind of preserve the the meat, the tendons, or whatever that the, the right, tail feathers okay, go into. Right there, you better way to do it. it. You just said it right there. You don't preserve you, you, <laughs> you don't preserve the meat. Okay. What you've got to do is you got to remove the meat. Okay. So you've got to cut that. The pig style and all that that's there, that's got that oil gland, and all that's got to come off. So all you're going to have when you're done and you've done it properly is the feather quills with a little bit of connective tissue holding them together. That's the yellow tissue? That's the yellow, all that stuff is just all that's going to, you got to cut that yellow tissue off too. That's fat. Oh, Okay. Uh, so it all should be trimmed up to where the only thing that's there is the quills with a little bit of skin that goes around to hold the tail together. Okay. You've got, if you've got more than that, you've done it's not done properly, and no amount of borax. I mean, you'll end up with an insect insect infestation, and they'll eat it up, and it'll fall apart. Oh, and the, very and the, pro, and the problem with that is if you do that and you get insects in that and you have other mounts in the house, all you're doing is bringing them into your home and bait them and they're going to go from one to the next and so uh, you've got to be sure and clean that thing properly and make sure that there is no fat and no meat on that tail on the butt of that tail and and it would probably serve you uh, probably serve you justice to go and and have your taxidermist do one for you and show you how to do it yeah and that way if he would and that way the next one you're you know what to do and you know what's going on a little bit of instruction on that to go a long way then, huh? Absolutely, because you do not want a domestic infestation in your house. That would be, yeah. uh, I sure don't want them here in my shop. I've got too much stuff in here, to, and you have to, we, we keep very, very clean because you don't want any kind of insects whatsoever. And I, and I actually have my my office here sprayed every other month uh, during the, or no, every month during the summer months to prevent any domestic getting in here. Yeah, and they're they're not specific to turkeys. They'll go after anything and everything, won't they? Anything, even hair. I mean, basically, what if you got a deer head on the wall, you have a fur coat on hanging there, and mm-hmm. on the back side against the wall, they'll get back there and they'll eat that just the hair. And uh, yeah, you just you, that, those guys are bad news. Uh, they can really do a lot of damage, and by the time you see the damage, it's too late. They've already done it. So prevention is 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 what what we're what we're talking here. So then, if you if you cut off all the of course all the meat, all the fat, you're basically left with what you said a little connecting tissue and some skin holding the quills um, together. Yep. Okay. And so at that point, would you salt that? No, you can borax it at that point. Borax. Okay. Yep. You borax it at that point because you've got all the meat and everything off there. Uh, salt doesn't salt doesn't cure it just dries it out 
Right. And borax actually is a little bit of a moth preventive, so it, it, it can repel unless there's too much there. And if you just cut the tail off and got all that meat, that's too much. Uh, the borax can get in there and moth-proof the, a little bit of skin and what have you if it's been cleaned properly. Okay. So then I guess you'd run into the same issues with the beard and the feet to to an extent, wouldn't you? Absolutely. As far as, as, far as bringing in bugs. you got to clean the right to the right to where the the hair the butt is of those of the beard hairs and just clean that up make sure there's nothing there and then rub that in borax and then the spurs you need to cut those things off and uh and what they're basically on a sheath so that you can pull those the, the spurs off and clean that and then put them back on basically okay. take it all apart moth proof it and put it back together that's very interesting so i'm i'm learning a good deal on this call so i I appreciate you joining us for that. Yeah, no problem. So you you talked a little bit about skinning the right way to skin a turkey, or what most people are now doing to skin a turkey, um, and still preserve the cape for mounting. And you you mentioned two different ways, you know, splitting the the breast right up the center, or cutting it from leg to leg. Which, in your opinion, is best? Well, definitely leg to leg. Uh, up the center is the old way, and. Okay. Uh, Basically, when you're fleshing a bird and you cut it up the center, all that connective tissue, all that fat and gunk that's in the chest area will inevitably get on the feathers if you have it split up the middle. And yeah. you, you can't get that off. It's like concrete. It's like super glue. It just dries and it's, you can't, it's a mess. But if you go from leg to leg, the incision is further away from that all that jelly and stuff in the chest, and it doesn't get on the feathers. So that way you can effectively flesh it off with a wheel and take it right off and it, it never comes in contact with feathers. So that is why all that had, has changed from the leg-to-leg -leg deal, uh, getting away from splitting it down the middle. So do you go leg-to-leg first and then do you start working towards the rear end and back around? Yeah, you just go from leg-to-leg okay. -leg and then start working toward the, the vent area. And then go around the mm -hmm. tail and cut the tail off on the inside and just peel it. And it, at that point, you can take it all the way to the head. Right. Cut the wings off, get up to the head, and cut the neck off, and <clears throat> there you go. You're done. All right. That's pretty neat. So then, as far as once I get a turkey to that point, and I don't want to send it to my taxidermist at my local taxidermist is down the road that mounts stuff out of his garage, or you know, I want to want to go with you know, a little bit more professional type operation, which means I might have to ship it out of state or out of town and then have it shipped back once it's completed or I drive and pick it up once it's completed. But when I get ready to ship that turkey out of town, or if I do want to use the guy that's down the street, but now I've gone to uh, South Dakota on a Merriam's hunt and I've got to get on an airplane and don't want to bring that turkey back with me on a plane, I want to ship it to him. What's the best thing that I should do at that point? Should I just freeze it solid and then, you know, ship it on a Monday through UPS? What? Absolutely. Just freeze it solid and either pack it in a cooler or pack it in a box with styrofoam and then send it second day or next day, however, uh, whatever you feel comfortable with or what your taxidermist wants you to do. Yeah, I mean, once that thing is scant, you can put several birds in a box and, and ship them, and, and we get birds like that all the time. So 
yeah, that's not a big deal. But just make sure they're packaged up properly, and and I wouldn't let it go anywhere. I always tell my clients to at least get them here second day. Okay. Once, once we get them, if they're thawed, that's great because we'll go ahead and work on them and get them processed and ready to go in the freezer for storage until it's their number comes up. But if it goes like if you don't do it and ship it on a Thursday and it sits out over the weekend and it gets there and it's hot that weekend, you're just, that's a problem. You're right. Not, not going to have a good product once, uh, or in some, in some instances it's ruined and can't be done. So it's always best to ship on a Monday or a Tuesday and ship it second day. Okay. All right. And if we do that, we don't even, there's no need to even think about, well, just, I'll just wait until it's colder. Can, but I mean, most guys like right. to get it, you know, a little bit quicker than that. That way, they can get on it, and uh, and uh, you know, we do a first come, first serve here. And so, if you wait, don't do that much. Being freezer burnt. If a turkey head freezer burns, it will not freeze dry properly. So the pressure you get it to a taxidermist where we can take it off and get it frozen in water and then get it to a freeze dryer, the better the product will be as far as the freeze dryer goes. So All right. And there is, there is some urgency to get to get that to the taxidermist and, and get the process started. Okay. All right, so if I've got a turkey that's been sitting in the freezer for three years, and that's probably not going to do us any good, is it? No, the turkeys freeze readily, but the heads don't do as well. So, But having said that, we do have turkey heads that we sell for replacements. I, right. have, I have an inventory of freeze-dried turkey heads, and most freeze-dryers do. That, uh, you know what I mean? Because everybody likes to set the birds real close, and you shoot him in the head, and it's basically damaged beyond repair but you want to mount that bird it's a really nice bird uh you know we can obviously get another head the head's yeah. not the head is not the issue in that case so don't throw a turkey away that you won't mount it just because the head's not in good shape because heads can be replaced i think that's uh pretty much all that i have for you it, do you have anything that you want to Add to anything that we've talked about at this point? I think we've covered a pretty good uh, spectrum of things here. <laughs> well, we have, and, you know, that's the one thing with this show is I want to be able to teach people how to do these things properly. But, heck, I mean, I learned as much today by talking to you as I'm sure the beginner turkey hunter is going to hear by listening to this interview as well. And, and I appreciate your time. Um, and the information that you shared with us. Now, if we want to talk with you about doing taxidermy work for us or get prices, turnaround times, your shipping address, all that kind of fun stuff, how can we get in touch with you to do all that, Harry? Well, I, I always tell everybody to go to my website, which is www.gunnerstaxidermy.com, or if you'd like to give me a call, I have my cell numbers, on my website, I have my office numbers there. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. And if you're going on a hunt and you want some advice on what to do, uh, or you want to retain our services, uh, just give us a call, 859-881-1594. Uh, 
and we'll be happy to talk with you and and um, and do the do the work for you. So um, keep us in mind on your next uh, next adventure, and maybe we can help. Fantastic! I appreciate that, and you know, again, thank you very much for your time and for all of the listeners out there. If you've got a bird that that uh, you want to get mounted and you want to look at some of Harry's work, go to his taxidermist and uh, his taxidermy website, I should say. Sorry about that. And look at uh, all the pictures that he has on there. Uh, he does fantastic work. And to me, you know, when I'm looking at a turkey mount that a taxidermist has done, 90% of the work, 90% of the beauty in that mount is the time, the effort, the energy that it takes in getting that turkey's head to look as realistic as it looks that makes sure that the feet and the head kind of look like what a real turkey's head should look like that they're painted the right way and and you know go with it from there and and harry's work i'll tell you in my opinion stands up to everybody else that you'll find out there and i'm uh, looking at his work and just extremely impressed with it all and and you can easily see why they won so many awards over there because they do absolutely do quality work before I let you go, I've got to ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. You're a big-time turkey hunter, so tell me the story of the last turkey that you killed and then give me one tip from that hunt that can help me kill more turkeys. Well, last turkey I killed <laughs> was in Nebraska. It was a Miriam's, and great hunt. Um uh, I had actually already taken one bird and was helping a hunting partner of mine, and we happened to spot some birds out in the field. and And by the time we got around to them, there was uh, we only saw one. So I was going to let Roy shoot. You know, I wasn't even going to shoot. And, uh-huh. uh, so I saw the bird, and we kind of eased up over and looked and saw him. And I, all I had with me was a fan. Um, and I don't suggest anybody do this on public land. We were on private land and knew that we were the only ones there. But uh, I took that fan and kind of held it up there, and and the bird wasn't looking our way, so I cut real hard to it, and it turned around and looked, and I saw that fan. I moved the fan back and forth like a bird that would be strutting, just side to side. Uh And that bird turned around on a dime. and started walking right at us. And so I said, all right, Roy, you get ready, and don't you miss. And, and he says, gee, thanks for putting the pressure on me, you know. And so we were laughing, and hey, this bird's coming. And and I looked back up, and lo and behold, there's three of them. I said, uh-oh, I'm in the oh game, too. So I kept that fan up, and I got my gun coming up there and ready in the grass. We just kind of laid down there, and, and they got up there. And one shot hit, it was like at 10 steps, and the other bird jumped up, and I missed the first shot. Actually missed the second shot, and he was running away, and I shot and, and got him. And uh, for Miriam's, both of these birds that we harvested were huge. They had uh, 10-inch beards and inch-and-a-quarter spurs. And for Miriam's, that Goodness. is really daggone big spurs for Miriam's. really is, and nice beards, too. Oh, yeah, and these things were just pure. They weren't hybrids at all. They were pure white, and just uh, that was just a great, great hunt. And uh, my my advice on this hunt, what got those birds shot, was the realism and just 
just they he knew for sure that there was a time over there strutting. Mm-hmm. And to be able to adapt to different situations as a turkey hunter, you will harvest more birds. Just going and sitting and waiting for a bird to come to you, that drives me crazy. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm with you. And so what I do, I, if, if the bird don't come to me, I'm going to go to it. And just by moving sometimes and setting right back up, sitting down and calling, you're moving. It's, it, here's a hand moving from one area to the next. That's a certain amount of realism, and that will get you more birds or, or opportunities at more birds. I agree with you 100% on that. And now, did those three gobblers, did they have hens with them at all? No, that's what... Uh, okay. No, there, there, now there was some hens ahead of them when we initially saw them. But they just, I, I don't know, the birds were funny this year. They, I don't know if they were early or late. I, we had seen hens one day and nothing the next. So I, it was just an odd odd year for, for us. I mean, even though we were successful, uh, we just kept doing different things until we found what worked. Right. And, uh, you know, and these, using these fans and stuff is, while, I, again, I want to stress, do not do that on public land. Uh, getting shot it's is not a good thing. And, there's uh, no turkey worth it. There's no turkey worth it. There's no turkey worth even taking that chance. So if you're if you're on a on on private land and you know for a fact that there's nobody there, I mean you can see that there's nobody. Don't even do that in the woods where a trespasser could possibly be present. Just. Make exactly. sure you're in an area where you can do that, and if you can pull that off, it is a very, very effective way to harvest a bird. Good tips and, and good safety advice and taxidermy tips and preparing for the for the birds are, are priceless as well. I greatly appreciate your time. We've gone a little bit over an hour just because I've had such a good time talking to you, and um, but I do thank you very much, and uh, let's talk again soon sometime. Well, I sure appreciate you having me, and give me a shout at any time. We'll do it. Thank you, Harry. Have a great day. Thanks. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's the end of my interview with Harry Whitehead with Gunner's Taxidermy in Lexington, Kentucky. I really hope that you guys and gals have enjoyed the interview with Harry as much as I did. I know I learned a lot of information. I hope that you all learned something that you can take away and use either during your hunt or after your hunt and preparing a bird for taxidermy. Be sure to visit Harry's website, www.gunnerstaxidermy.com. That's G-U-N-N-E-R-S, taxidermy.com. And give Harry a call the next time you have a turkey that you want to get mounted. Give him a shot at your business. And just remember that he helped us all by sharing a bunch of information with us. So give him a, a shot at your business. Next week for our show, I've got another great interview planned. I've got Trent Masterson, who is a trapper, and he is with the National Trappers Association. And Trent is going to share a lot of great information with us about trapping these ugly old predators that are preying on our nests, our turkey nests, and preying on our adult turkeys as well. So Trent's going to share a lot of great information with us some trapping tips. had a great time interviewing Trent, and I know that you guys are going to enjoy that interview, so please be sure to tune in next week for that. Again, if you enjoyed this week's interview, please don't hesitate to go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Your reviews are greatly appreciated, and that kind of feedback is exactly what we need when we're preparing the show, and it keeps us going. 
Thanks again for listening. I hope you all have a great week. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you spending time with us. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.